treat him because this is our first God at work time for the morning. And Jenny, thank you, Jenny, is going to help. Uh, she will scrub the mic and do all those things that we're taking uh, pains to do right now. So you'll go to the mic that Jenny will hold out for you. Alan Pennebaker, please introduce yourself and then share. <laughs> I'm Alan Pennebaker. <laughs> um, so I sit on the uh, board of Search. Rescue Coalition uh, that was founded from this church, and I just wanted to share uh, a continual ask of prayer and a big praise. Uh, we go through some terrible times in Southeast Asia, where the safe house is, uh, between COVID, flooding, evicted from where they live, a oppressive, violent government uh, that's identical to their beliefs, and through all of this. Thanks, Barbie. Great words. Somebody, uh, Thursday, 
Ron Tosta, who's up in the booth, and I had the privilege of going into San Quentin for the first time in 18 months to, uh, to meet the, yeah, that, right. <clears throat> I, if you're new at Hillside, you, you may not know that we have a prison ministry uh, in San Quentin, and uh, we hadn't gone since February, just before COVID hit. And so Ron and I went in, we met the new chaplain, we did some paperwork and some administrative stuff, but then we just happened to go into the chapel, and a number of the men were there just rehearsing music and stuff, and just, they just missed Hillside so much. They said, are you getting dates, are you coming in, and we're going to come in, in in November, November 14th. Um, but uh, one of the guys just asked on the spot, he said, would you pray, I have a parole hearing on November 5th, and I would just like prayer for that. And so we just prayed over him right in that moment. His name is Sam, if you want to also be praying for Sam. And then another guy came up to me right as we were leaving, and he said, Hey, Randy, how do I give to Hillside? I want to give to Hillside. Now, I shared about another guy who was giving to Hillside and continues to do that. This was a completely different guy, and he said, How can I make a check out to Hillside? So you guys, God is at work in that place, and he's moving mightily, and I, did, I think we're privileged to have a, a legacy um, there. So um, thank you for all your support in that ministry over the years, and we're going back. Thank you, Jenny. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our dearest Heavenly Father, you have heard the cries of your people. You've heard those things that we rejoice in, those things that we plead with you. And Lord, we just pray and trust that you will make yourself um, evident to us in all these things that we lift to you, God, that your hand would be seen mightily and that you would be glorified um, in the, uh, the pleas of your people and their trust in you, God. Um, for those that shared and, and for the many who didn't share, we all have things going on that we are, we are earnestly um, seeking your face. And we just, we would love it if you would make that known to us, make your way known to us, gather close to us and uh, heal us, Lord. For we know that you are mighty to save. We just sang that. You are mighty, you defeated the cross. It is no big thing for you to, to attend to these things that we are um, that are so desperate in our lives and so we trust the one who is mighty to save that he is mighty to heal he is mighty to redeem he's mighty to restore all things to himself we thank you God in Jesus name amen like uh, Barbie shared last week at the end of the final message in the invisible city series about spirituality I shared a prayer with you and it was a prayer that I said, I have been praying in various versions over the last few weeks or so. And just like Barbie said, the heart of the prayer is that God would open our eyes to his involvement all around us. And that God would indeed intervene and interrupt and orchestrate in our lives. Or to put it a little more fully, that God would intervene to steer us. To direct us and to redirect us, to interrupt us, to teach us new things, to give us wisdom, and lastly, to orchestrate events to grace us and to bless us. And I can honestly say that over this last week, God did all three 
for me. And just with respect to the first one, intervening in my life to direct me, push me in a new direction, uh, I'll share something. You know, I went into this week uh, like I do every single week with every hour planned. Uh, I know how I'm going to spend every hour when I go into each week. Well, by about 8.20 on Monday morning, I knew that this week was not going to be going quite according to plan. And it became impossible to stick to the plan because God kept interrupting and intervening with people and needs and opportunities that were more important than my own agenda. And one of those opportunities that came my way was to attend Nancy Shepson's 81st birthday party. She's been in a care facility not that far from the church, and what a joy to meet her. I had heard about her through Pastor Jane, our care pastor here, and it was just a joy to go over to where she had been, eat birthday cake with her, celebrate uh, with a small group, including her good friend, Hillside leader extraordinaire, Joni Templeman. And one of the highlights of the party for me was getting to have my second personal conversation with Nancy's husband, Derwin. I know some of you know him. He's a princely man. And uh, his confidence in the Lord Jesus put iron in my blood when I talked to him this week, and it happened uh, about two weeks before that. Friends, Nancy went to be with the Lord last Thursday. And as a new hillsider, what a joy to have had that one opportunity to meet her, to see her, to pray with her, and to see her husband's devotion to her truly in sickness and in health. I was reminded uh, this past week, and I've been reminded over the last few months, of just how important it is to keep my eyes open to the living and active God and to expect the living and active God to be living and active, to open my eyes to it, to look up and to see and some of you might be thinking, you know, why, why should God's involvement in our lives be subtle? Why should that be? Such that we would need to keep our eyes open for it. Well, the famous Christian philosopher, a guy named Stephen Evans from Baylor University, has a really helpful answer. I want to share it for you with you. Evans has explained that the reason that God's involvement in his world is both widely available, and it is in so many different ways, our love for order, our interest in humor, our celebration of the good for the sake of the good, but why it's, it's both widely available and at the same time easily resistible, because of course people do resist it, is that God wants to be freely embraced by his people. God wants that love of his people to be freely given. And God desires this love from all of us, not because of any lack in God. God has no lack. In fact, God never feels lonely because God's essence, his basic essence is a community of love. God always has loving company. He never feels lonely, but rather he wants us to freely embrace him as his children 
because he wills it. He decides that he wants it. And if that's the case, God wants our love freely given. The evidence, the signs of God's involvement in our lives, in our families, in our worlds, in our church, must be exactly what they are. They must take the shape that they take. And Evans invites us to think about it this way. Very helpful. He says, if the evidence of God's involvement were too scant, too remote, In that case, God couldn't be accepted by us because we might entirely miss him. We may not see him at all. And alternatively, Evan says that if the evidence of God's involvement were too in your face, too conspicuous, then God couldn't be freely accepted by us because we wouldn't have the choice to not accept him. He would be unignorable, you could say, simply due to his blinding glory. But the larger point is this. When we begin to look around, when we open our eyes, we look up, and we look for God's loving and creative action in our midst, you know what happens? We begin to see it. We begin to see coincidences. We begin to see things that interfere on our plans that actually can teach us wisdom or teach us something about ourselves. And if we look up, we can see ways God has orchestrated events to bless us, to encourage us, to give us a little push that we need. And again, God did all of that for me this week. God's involvement is a little bit like those magic eye pictures from the 80s. Anybody remember those? Back in the day when we used to have malls, there used to be these kiosks, the Pennebakers remember. And they had these kind of funny pictures, and you looked at them, and they basically just looked like a bunch of dots. But if you looked real closely, suddenly an image would emerge. And it was usually something like, uh, you know, a pirate ship with a big, huge octopus attacking or something like that, kind of tacky. But the point is clear. Reality is a little bit like one of those magic eye pictures. If you begin to look, if you begin to open your eyes, if you look up, you'll see the living God taking action in your life, giving you opportunities to learn, giving you opportunities to grow, giving you opportunities to love people who need love, giving you opportunities to speak a helpful word in a confusing or difficult time. He's active. In a few minutes, we're going to be taking communion together. And I want to challenge us this morning to celebrate this meal that our Lord gave us. Our Lord gave us this meal. He gave us this meal. We're taking it today. But I want us to take it in a certain frame of mind. It is the frame of mind that we enter when we consider the truth that emerges when we stack on top of each other the two most conspicuous features of the passage, which is our theme passage this morning, Psalm 105, 1 through 6. And we kind of look at that passage. And we take the two most obvious things about it and we stack them up. Something emerges, something exciting, something nourishing. Let me read the passage to you again. It goes this way. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he's done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered 
O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. And for me, the first of the two most conspicuous features of this passage of the morning is, to begin with, its sheer bossiness, okay? In just six verses, we have 11 distinct commands, 11 distinct orders telling us what to do. Listen to this. Give thanks, call upon, make known, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all, glory in, rejoice in, seek the Lord, seek his presence, remember. Now, some of you might be thinking, hey, that's only nine, because seek and save were repeated. Uh, They're actually different words in the Hebrew. Yeah, it's 11 distinct commands, all related to recognizing God and celebrating him for the things that he does. So obviously, thinking over and appreciating God's distinct wonderfulness and all of the deeds that grow out of that wonderfulness is of fundamental importance for people who are following Jesus like we are. That's the first neon feature of this passage. What's the second one? It's the emphasis it places on who we are. This passage tells us, the people of faith, who we are. Listen to verses 5 and 6 again. It says, remember the wondrous works that he's done, his miracles and the judgments he's uttered. And then he says, who you are, who we are, who we are as hillsiders. He says, oh, offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. And what is the inspired poet saying just as loud and clear as he possibly can? He's saying, you readers, you people who approach these texts, the people of faith, the people of God, the new covenant people, you are members of this special family. You're part of them. You're God's offspring. You're Jacob's children. You too are included among the chosen ones. Their story is your story. Their history is your history. Well, think about that. What conclusion do we reach when we put those two features on top of each other? When we stack them on top of each other? Again, first, this stark demand. I mean, it's a demand to remember the wondrous deeds that God has done for his people in the past, to remember them, to bring them to mind, to think about them, to celebrate them first. And then second, that surprising declaration that goes with the demand that we're his children. We're part of his family. And the, and the story of Israel is our story too. We've been grafted into it. What do we conclude when we put those things together? We conclude that God will continue to do great and wonderful deeds. Because otherwise, this psalm would be cruel. I mean, think about it. If it weren't the case that God intended to tell us in this psalm that he, he promises to continue to do great works in and through us just like he always has, this psalm would be cruel. It wouldn't be good news at all. Think about the way it would go. It would sound like this. Celebrate God, people, for all the powerful things that he's done in the past for his people, and you are part of that people, but don't expect him to do anything like that today. That's not what it's saying. 
the point is just the opposite. It's celebrate the God, the one true God, and his powerful deeds in history for his people, and because you're part of that people, because that story is your story too, count on him to keep doing great things, just like he always has. And friends, that is the distinct spirit in which I'm inviting us all as a family to take this meal. As hillsiders, I want us to eat and drink with the greatest possible expectation that God intends to do for us in, our, in the present, what God has done for his people in the past, to act through them, to do great things through them, to surprise them, to do things that they couldn't have ever imagined. You know, this past week in my prayer journal, I listed 10 gaps at Hillside. I call them that, gaps, listed them, 10 of them. 10 spaces between what we long to be and what we are now, or to use some of the language from Psalm uh, 105, 10 red seas to cross, to reach the promised land of being light in the world in a brighter way than we are right now. And let me ask you, did listing those 10 gaps, just being kind of honest about it, writing them all down, did it crush me? Did it take away my fire for this place? Not at all. And especially not after simmering in Psalm 105 all week. This psalm is meant to bolster us. It's meant to put iron in our blood. It's meant to inspire us. God has always acted for his people. We are his people. And he's not going to let us down. He's going to move and he's going to act. And those gaps are nothing but exciting opportunities to see him fill them in. And they're also exciting opportunities for us to jump in because, you know, every indicative in Scripture, everything that Scripture says that God will do, it always has a corresponding way that we can jump in. And so these are gaps that we can jump into as well, right next to God, shoulder to shoulder. So let's take this meal together with a spirit of great expectation. You know, I'll be honest, the masks are a drag, aren't they? They're a drag. And when we got the recommendations for the county, I felt so disappointed because it felt like things were going in a totally different direction. Drag, the masks are hard. They make it hard to talk. They make it hard to really see people's faces. It's difficult and it does not help our connections, does it? We gotta persevere anyway. We gotta persevere anyway. We gotta come, we gotta gather, we gotta look through the mask, we gotta look harder into people's eyes, we gotta connect, we gotta stay together and expect that better days are to come. Just a challenge, just an opportunity to learn, just an opportunity to grow in new ways where we can do it because God can provide the strength, all right? Let's pause for a moment. God is here. This is not a fantasy. He's here. Father, Son, and Spirit in our midst, in our hearts, working in the world. He's inviting us to draw still closer to enjoy his loving presence. He's not mad. He's not mad at any of us. He loves us. He welcomes us. It's a wonderful thing about Psalm 105. All the commentators mention this. It retells the story of Israel's history. It does skip one thing. You know what it skips? The people's rebellion. 
And what wise people commenting on this psalm have said, you know, when you come to the communion table with Psalm 105 as your key text, it's an implicit invitation to forget about your failures. <laughs> Let them go. You're forgiven. God loves you. He's for you. He's going to use you this week. All that stuff in the past is gone. Today's a new day. Tomorrow's a, a new week to be the people of God, to love the people around us, to serve, to tell the truth, to be kind, care for the poor. New day, new week. That's what this is about. Let's be silent before him. This is the Lord's table. Jesus, the one who gave us this meal, invites those of us who have trusted in him, whoever we are, to feast at this table. It's meant to strengthen us. It's meant to give us joy. It's meant to give us power for the interventions, the interruptions, the orchestrations ahead. And because we took this meal together, we're going to be better equipped this week for everything that's coming. We're going to be ready for it. When you came in, you received a basket with the elements. Take time to prepare them for the people in your group. Now, because of rising infection rates, we've got to be careful here. So don't share elements with people outside the group that you came with. If you came with a group, some of us came by ourselves today. Not sharing between groups during COVID does not make us any less of a family. We are a family. One family united in the Messiah. We're just being cautious just for a season. Take a minute to prepare your elements. There's no rush. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks and broke it, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, blessed forever, and our King, to you be praise and honor for giving yourself, shedding your blood, letting your body be broken in death for our sake. Nobody made this up. Couldn't have been imagined. All so that we might have the forgiveness of sins, new capacity to live lives of faithfulness before you, inclusion in your special family. You're from every nation family, a family made up of people all over the world with every imaginable skin color and language in everlasting life. 
we as a family pray that you would bless this bread which we're going to eat together, this cup which we're going to drink together, and let us through this blessed bread and this blessed cup become partakers of our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we also have forgiven our trespassers. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ broken for us. Let's eat together. Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Christ. And this morning you fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of your Son's body and blood. We pray now that you give us your peace, a major infusion of joy, and Father, we pray that you grant us ever clearer vision to apprehend your wonder and your working all around us through Jesus Christ our Lord. 